0: i am terrific eric how about yourself spring is in the air i think a little bit hopefully it's here to stay yep i i spoke to one of my friends earlier and he said that the sign of spring is he's on the coast and and uh, people are taking the wrap off their boat which I'm assuming oh, that's there you go oh, yeah that's <laughs> we don't have that here in the midwest too much <laughs> but uh i'm sure that you see that a few times a, a week uh, as you're driving around uh larry On this podcast, you really talk about planning a lot, and that is the the, kind of the focus of what you do, uh, and you work with clients so well with that. Uh, But I know today we're talking about the stock market, correct?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, one of the big factors that we do is investment management, portfolio creation, and how to invest. So I Mm -hmm. thought today would be a great time to talk a little bit about the stock market.
0: All right, and you're the expert. So what do you think is going to happen in the stock market?
1: Great question, Eric. <laughs> so, so that's probably the number one question that I get in a lot of sure. different forms. Um, what do you think is going to happen in the stock market uh, this year or next next week? And unfortunately, I am. My answer sometimes is, is you know tongue in cheek. Well, it's going to go up. It's going to go down. Or mm-hmm. it's going to stay about the same. Uh, everyone, just so many people are just so. Uh, fixated on trying to figure out what's going to happen in the short term and it, it's something they can't control the stock market. And, and But so many people want to and they go on TV and they watch what's going on TV and they see the experts on there saying, oh, the market's high, we should get out or, you know, the market's overvalued, we should uh, pair back. Or we should get out of this sector and switch over to this sector. And what I kind of say is I really say it's hogwash. It's, it's almost impossible to continuously get it right long term, when to get in, when to get out, which sector to move it from, which sector to move out from. Sure. You want to make adjustments. You don't just want to leave it alone but it, we can't control the market this week i've definitely read a few different articles out there that i found very interesting uh, Barrons came up with an article the undervalued stocks for 2021 or Morningstar, seven surprising stocks to consider. Hmm. And and I guess maybe that people like that, they, they want to really think they could outperform and they think by doing this, it's, it's sexier and. People maybe think that's why they're coming to work with us. That I try to explain to them, yeah, we want to control the allocation and what you have in the stock market, but we don't want to try to try to time it. And, you know, there's so many studies out there that shows if you miss the best day or the best week out there so it's just it's just so hard to do that the wall street journal actually this this week had an article that some 60 percent of u.s large cap stock picking funds lag behind the s&p 500 in 2020 Mm. and guess what how many years in a row do you think that's happened derek
0: oh what the past five, six, probably? Yeah,
1: eleven straight year <laughs> of underperformance. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so if the so-called experts that are running these funds that are actively trying to outperform the bench, their the S P and their benchmark can't do it consistently, how is the layperson out there going to do that? So, so you're much better off being able to control what you can control and not worrying about it uh, you know two two quick stories so back in March uh, I remember having a, a conversation with with somebody right when remember what happened in March Eric you know, the uh, beginning of this pandemic and the stock mm-hmm. market had a big downturn oh yeah yeah so so our clients we, we've been through these downturns before and we've basically a positioned well to say, well, when it goes down, that's when we want to buy. When it goes up, that's when we want to take some of our profits. But I'm always intrigued by people that do just the opposite. And we were talking, I was talking to somebody who basically said he couldn't take it anymore. And he literally turns out got out on the lowest day. And I'm talking about over a million dollars that they pulled out of the market and we went on 20 in rest of 2020 to having a banner year and he never got back into the market. Mm. So now he's looking to get back into the market and he's coming and talking to us. So it's just interesting, the emotional impact of a down, sort, and how to, how to do that and I think this is more typical of what went on, is everybody thought with the election, the market was gonna go down, especially if the Democrats won. And then people said, well, and if they really control both houses, which they ended up doing with the tiebreaker, then it's really gonna go down because the market doesn't like that. Well, November was one of the best months ever. Mm -hmm. I think it was the actual best November ever. And so people that had waited, and we definitely talked to a couple of people, they convinced they, they weren't timing the market, they were just waiting. Well, they missed the biggest month, the biggest November ever, and they're never gonna make that back. You're never gonna earn that, yeah. earn that back. So, and I can go on over the course of my career and, and how many different times out there that people have missed these opportunities and 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 sometimes there are going to be some corrections and maybe you do get out but then you got to figure out when to get back in so so quickly so trying to time this and forget about the tax ramifications but trying to time it and and trying to you know figure that out my other tongue-in-cheek answer so i have the the one i told you before Mm -hmm. the other one is i really go really low. And I say, if I really knew, I wouldn't tell anybody. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) because because if I knew what to do, I would just make gazillion dollars and keep it to myself. Why would I be in this business? So, but you know, but all kidding aside is nobody really, nobody really knows. And we want to do things that we can control. So Eric, why don't you ask me, what can you control when it comes to investing?
0: Larry what can you control yeah. when it comes to investing
1: oh thanks for asking <laughs> yeah hey, right. no problem that's what I'm here for <laughs> so let, let's go through let's go through some of them I think I have seven or eight of them so let's start with the first one and that's asset allocation and a while back, uh, Brinson Beebauer did a study and basically they, they studied the returns and said that 91% of your returns are based upon the asset allocation, not the security out there. And that that's so true. I mean, if you're a growth fund stock manager uh, and you are the worst growth fund stock manager out there, you've done really well the last few years because mm. growth stocks have been in favor. Uh, so that's been controlling that if you are in now in bonds and interest rates are so low you're not making as much money so your overall returns are based upon the the forget about cash it's making you nothing mm-hmm. but in 2008 if you were in cash you made a lot more money by just staying in cash than if you were in the stock market so you want to have the right allocation and the right allocation that you're comfortable with within your risk tolerance that's going to make you money over time and stick to that asset allocation we'll talk about some of the strategies you can do in the allocation but Mm -hmm. you can control the allocation we can control how much you have not only in the stock market but within the stock market having um some in In large cap stocks, small cap stocks, growth stocks, value stocks, emerging markets, so you can create an allocation. And what we do is we create an allocation and we've gone back in time historically, and not only showed how having an asset allocation diversification has worked, but showing by having multiple asset classes, it really reduces your risk because you're not trying to guess which asset class Mm -hmm. is going to be the winner. Uh, there are times where in one year, emerging markets may be the lowest performing allocation, but the next year it may be the best performing allocation. So we're trying to not guess which one and having all the allocations will re- reduce your risk and be able to provide a better rate of return. Yeah, absolutely. So and then diversification, but beyond the asset allocation is is the diversification. So many times we see people that have come to us with a few stocks and sometimes they've made a lot of money in these few stocks because yes, if you only have a few stocks and they happen to outperform, you're going to make much more money than you are in holding the entire market or the entire Mm S&P. But on the flip side you you could also lose more money on that so the more stocks you have the better off you are my staff just sent me a uh, little chart that we're going to publish uh, as part of our um, presentation that over the last 5 years that uh, 30% of stocks have lost money but i think there was 1600 stock mutual funds out there, Eric, I'm putting you on the spot again, how many of those funds lost money over the last five years?
0: Out of the 1,600? Yeah. Oh, I'd say, what, 20% of them
1: none oh none
0: (laughs) dang it Larry (laughs) so
1: so therefore by having a diversified portfolio there's less risk because of less chance of uh, less chance of losing money Now, again you can you can make more money by having have gotten stocks that have done well but you can also lose a lot more money so you can control a diversification and you can control how much you want in and maybe you want to have a a core strategy where you have your allocation into a lot of funds and then you want to take a little bit of of your money a few percentage and buy some individual stocks so i'm not saying not to own any stocks i'm just saying control the diversification Hmm. Uh, and then re rebalancing Um, buy low sell high we talked about before emotionally just what you want to do the uh, the opposite is that when the stock market is doing well, human nature is let's get in. And when the stock market is not doing, let's get out. Uh, and we wanna create certain targets so you don't get overweighted in any particular area. So we have certain targets and when they move by a certain percentage, we'll take some of the profits. We're not gonna get it right exactly on the mm-hmm. high. Uh, and the same thing when things are down and when things have, it's not that they are Bad out there. It's just that that sector and that allocation is out of favor for now, and we want to buy some more in there. Mm-hmm. So you can control the rebalancing and how often you rebalance. For our clients, we look at it four times a year. We may not make any rebalancing moves, but we're looking at four times a year. For many people, once a year is fine, especially in their 401k plan. So rebalancing is you can control. Uh, number four is the uh, the fund expenses and what you're investing in and looking at some funds are going to be do the same thing as other funds but they're going to be higher expenses that you don't see that are buried in the cost so controlling the fund expenses is something you can do how do you find that out so, in each in any time of fund that you're investing in, you can either go online. Or you can look at a summary on the in the fund family under mm-hmm. expense ratio. I mean, it's buried in the prospectus. Most people aren't going to look that, but you can go online and you can Google it and see what the fund expense ratio is. And there are ways of looking at what the average fund expense ratio is for that particular sector. Uh, so there are different ways of, of doing that. And we go over that. We kind of show, show our clients what they are compared to what the averages are.
0: Nice. And, and you, I'm assuming that you would help them then compare to other funds that would be similar um, that would be less expensive.
1: Yes, especially when using when it's not as super active as some of these funds that are out that are out there. Mm-hmm. So uh, gotcha. so absolutely. So number five is taxes. So it's it's this is really interesting because it's not what you make, it's what you keep. Mm-hmm. So and you don't want to have taxes kind of control your investment strategy, but you want to be able to figure out, okay, should I, be investing in my qualified my 401k my Roth do I want to sell and if I'm selling do I want to is it a long-term capital gain a short-term capital gain um, and are there ways of minimizing this through some stack stock identification strategies or when my income is lower and maybe I'm in a lower bracket for my capital gains so controlling taxes is something you can can to do. Again, you don't want it to justify that not doing something because you have to pay taxes. I tell people, hey, if we're taking a profit and you got to pay some taxes on it, that's actually a good thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a profit.
1: Yeah. And you can control two things you can control is saving. Uh, how much you save. Compounding is a, gr- is a great thing. I tell my kids all the time that, you know, just put put something away the the compounding effect over your lifetime is great. So you can control the amount of saving Mm -hmm. that you're putting into this, into the stock market. And then, um, finally, you know, time, time arising investing, we'll kind of have a separate podcast about this, but when are you going to need the money? Um, so you can control if you're gonna, if you're saving up for a down payment on a house for next year, then you may want to invest differently than if you're saving for your retirement. So you can control how you invest in different, in different goals in your, in in, in different types of goals and some time horizons. Yeah. Absolutely. So those are things that you can, that you, you know, that you can control. So it, it's important to really focus in on what you can control and don't focus in on the the ups and the downs that are going on each day um, and some of the screaming that you may hear when there's a big drop. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're having bigger drops because dollar wise, as the market grows, uh, the percentages may be the same, but the dollar amounts are going to be larger. So there's going to be there's going to be differences. And we're finding that there are bigger increases and bigger dro- drops more often than ever than ever before. Yeah. So uh, so focus on what
0: you can control. I've got one more thing that you can control. Larry. Ah, great. Ready? Yep. Y- your finger right and and i say that because i use my finger for my mouse or i use my finger for my phone and avoiding clickbait like those articles that you brought up earlier when 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 uh, somebody's writing an article they're trying to get a great headline so people oh i need to read this i need to read i, I need to check this out i think avoiding some of that media that is sensationalizing the ups and the downs is a great way uh, to to help us control what we do, because those types of articles are meant to elicit emotions. And you've talked about emotional decisions when it comes to investing before on previous podcasts. I think that's one other thing that we can control is just being very wary of where we get our news, how we get our news, how much we're taking in, uh, and then making sure we have somebody in our corner like yourself, a professional that we can say, hey, look, I, I just happened to read this article or I saw this headline. What do you think about that? Uh, because, Larry, I know that you're gonna just tell them the straight truth.
1: No, absolutely, and it's not just your finger; it's actually what you're seeing on TV too. True. Um, you know, I've been on some some of these TV shows, and sometimes they'll they'll ask me about a specific stock, and I'm like, we don't really follow any specific stock or mm-hmm. investing in specific stocks, but there are people that that's what they do, and there are shows on there. It's sexy. People like that idea. They like to they like to know. Oh, I've got this great winner in this big, mm-hmm. you know, this big stock, and, and they they like. Or or so and so buddy told me a tip, um, a legal tip that you should get into this. So that's a lot sexier than oh, let's p- go into a index-type fund and <laughs> let's just hold it for 10 years and then rebalance. That's right. Let Not me tell so you about sexy on location. TV yeah. to talk about that.
0: <laughs> That's right. Oh, man. <laughs>
1: but as we saw before, though that the, the slow and steady kind of wins the game. Even Warren Buffett, he's the one says for the younger people to invest in the S&P 500. So mm. one of the greatest stock pickers of all time. But and again, if you look at him, he, he's had a j- tremendous amount of losers as well as winners there, too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, yeah, so stay away. If that's a, another good suggestion. Stay away from, from reading that or reacting to a lot of those things that are out there. And just because they're on TV doesn't mean they're an expert.
0: Exactly. Exactly. All right. What else do we need to hear today on this podcast?
1: Yeah. So let, let, let's talk about looking at investing and just remember the stock market is really investing for the long, long time. It's not trying to guess the ups and the downs over the long time. The stock market has made significantly more money than any other a- asset allocation. So that's what you should be, that's what you should be in, but mm-hmm. that's not going to mean in the short term that's going to happen now you know, we've had a great bull market. Is that bull market going to continue? You know, who knows? Well, maybe we eventually go into an extended bear market. But event, but as, as we know, and as I basically just told you, is you can't control the short term. So Mm -hmm. don't try to time the short term. You know, focus on what you what you can control all the items that we've talked about. And again, like like I said, it, it there's plenty of room if you want to take a few percentage of your portfolio and buy the specific stock or buy a certain sector if you believe that you think this is going to be outperforming. You know, we do that, we talk to clients about possible EV. Uh, le- you know electric vehicles and what's that's going to mm-hmm. be you know going forward or even we've had clients talk to us about cannabis and so there's nothing wrong with with doing and taking a little bit of your portfolio and trying to to go for these home home runs as long as you understand the downside mm-hmm. um, and having the core uh, in your diversified portfolio yeah so so why don't we just kind of Summarize uh, the steps that you can, you know, that you can, you can control. Is you can control actually once you look at your risk tolerance, you can control your asset allocation. You can control mm-hmm. your time horizon portfolio and the investments that you need in each one of them. You can control your rebalancing. You can control um, looking at when you're um, when you need to, to to withdraw money and how much you need, how much you should be saving mm-hmm. money. You can control all those. And not only just do you want to control all those, you also want to review. You want to review this. Uh, you know, I talk to people, participants in 401k plans. And my first question is pre-pandemic. I say to them sometimes, you know, how much time that you spend on planning for uh your trip this year and they'll tell me oh we, we online I spent a couple of weeks doing this and I'll mm-hmm. ask them well how much time did you kind of review your furrow and K allocations and they'll tell me you know I haven't looked at that in a few years <laughs> yeah crickets. so uh, That's all you, hear so you crickets. do yes so you do want to you don't want to just Put it in and forget about it you do want to review this you do want to rebalance um, and you do want to do what you can can control so you want to have a strategy you want to have an investment strategy in place you want to have a portfolio that works for you now Mm -hmm. Um, you want to control things that you can control but you don't really you don't want to focus or worry about what's going to happen in the stock market over the next few weeks, few months, even few years
0: sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. great reminder, Larry because uh, again, I think during this time people are looking in their own life kind of doing some introspective uh, searching and saying what can I control uh, and this is exactly uh, what we need to be thinking about.
1: Yeah, absolutely. you think it may be a little strange coming from an investment advisor, but uh, that's basically you know what, what we what we do out there. Yeah. Um and you don't need to be trying to outperform the markets to be successful.
0: Yeah, I don't know any one of my friends that doesn't want to have more control over their own finances. And that sounds silly to say, but I mean we really we know that we subscribe to things sometimes and we forget about it and all of a sudden, you know, it's 7 months later and we've been paying for a monthly subscription to something we don't even use. That's that's the way that it works and we just want more control of those finances. If we did that, then, you know, we'd feel better and there's it makes even more sense when it comes to investing. So, Larry, if somebody is looking to gain a little bit more control, right? And they want to know that they're doing the right thing, how do they get a hold of you?
1: Ah, so they can reach us. You go to our website, HelloWealthManagement.com, and there's a button there. You can actually click on that button and schedule a free 20 minute call with myself, or you can feel free to call the office at 631 293 2806.
0: Perfect. Larry, thank you so much for your time today. Always a pleasure. This
1: was fun, Eric, as usual.
0: Yep. And we want to thank you, the listening audience, for tuning in and listening to the Retire Right podcast with Larry Heller. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Larry comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Heller Wealth Management, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time.